today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. Don't ever give up on God. It is the characteristic of the God we serve to do what men say can't be done. He's the God who does, if necessary, special intervention in behalf of those that love Him. Speaking about God, regarding him saving Daniel from the lion's den, King Darius made this statement in Daniel 6, 27. You want to turn there? You're welcome to. If you want to read along with me, go ahead. Verse 27, after God had delivered Daniel from the lion's den, Darius said, he delivereth and rescueth. And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And notice he said, and this is King Darius. This is not Daniel speaking. It's King Darius who witnessed what God did for Daniel. And he said, speaking of God, he delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth. After God rescued him and delivered him from the lion's den, verse 28 says, and so this Daniel prospered. Notice not only will God rescue you in hard times, but he'll turn the circumstances around in your favor. Amen. Don't, don't forget to read verse 28. Everybody talks about uh, Daniel being delivered from the lion's den. That's wonderful. God, God came through for him. In fact, if you study the life of Daniel, then you will quickly realize Daniel's life represented a life of faithfulness, a life of faithfulness, unwavering faithfulness to God. And God responded and honored his faithfulness by delivering him from the lion's den. But that's not where the story ends. It's one thing to be rescued out of something, but how about God turning it around and causing you to prosper afterwards? Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody want to prosper? Anybody stand, could stand any more prosperity? Hallelujah. So notice not only did God rescue him, but he turned that circumstances into something good and Daniel prospered. So we could say that not only will God rescue <clears throat> but he will also turn bad situations into something good. One commentary says, Daniel embodies the idea of faithfulness. Daniel, uh, Psalm 31 verse 23 says, the Lord preserveth the faithful. The Lord preserveth the faithful. The message translation says, he takes care of faithful people. And then the passion translation says, he protects all those who are loyal to him. God is not going to let you fail if you keep your eyes on him. If you stay in faith. Amen. You know, the worst thing people do, and I'm talking about Christian people, the worst thing people do is when they're under pressure and they're in need of a breakthrough, one of the first things they do is quit coming to church. That's the dumbest thing you could do. 
I don't see a dumb one in the building. Because you're all here, hallelujah. You're in church. But isn't it amazing? Brother Copeland said one time, when you're in trouble, don't run from God, run to God. Amen. And I've, I've noticed so often that when people are experiencing hard times, then one of the first things they get talked into from the devil, ah, it's no need going back to church. They can't help you down there. Nobody knows what you're going through. Not only that, nobody cares. And people fall for those lies. Amen. But that's the worst thing you could do. If nothing else, just get in here and go to shouting and praising God if nobody else does. You know, a long time ago, way back a long time ago, <clears throat> we were going through uh, some really tough times in the ministry, financially. And uh, in the natural, it, it just looked impossible. And the Lord said to me, this would be a wonderful opportunity for you to begin to praise me. I said, Lord, why would I want to do that? Now, this is before I learned these things. Why would I want to do that with what I'm going through? He said, because of what you're going through. Then he said this, if you knew what I knew, you'd be shouting right now. I said, well, would you please tell me what you know? <laughs> he said, even though you're under pressure, take a good look. You're still standing. He said, and what I know that you didn't know is Satan just fired his best shot. And if you don't give in, it's over. You win. So go ahead and begin to shout now. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Some of you might be right there right now. You're thinking, does God even know what I'm going through? And you go to God and say, what do I do now? Well, Paul said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, you can't squeeze anything between stand, stand. One verse ends with stand, and the next verse says, stand therefore. You, you, can't, you can't squeeze anything between the two. So God's always, his, his reply to what do I do now is always stand. Well, I've been standing. Well, now you're scriptural. Stand some more. <laughs> Having done always to stand. Stand. And then the Lord taught me one time about rejoicing. He said, while you're standing, just go ahead and rejoice. <clears throat> so I did a word study on rejoice. One of the things it means is to brighten up. Now, most Christians, while they're standing, you can tell they're under pressure by the look on their face. Sometimes they come in church like this. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> Brighten up. I like to say it this way. Keep them guessing. <laughs> Amen. Brighten up. Look at somebody right now and say, I'm rejoicing. Brighten up. 
Another definition I found was to leap. To rejoice includes leaping. Another definition I found was spin. To spin around. So the next day I went to the office. And everybody in there knew what we were going through because I had already had a staff meeting. We need to stand in faith. We're believing God for this, believing God for that. Everybody knew what we're believing God for. So I walked in the next day and I went. (laughs) And then went to my office and left them guessing. (laughs) And then finally somebody said, Brother Jerry, what was that all about? I said, I'm rejoicing. Because God is turning things around. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, some of you may not feel comfortable doing that in here, but I dare you when you get home. No, I double dog dare you when you get home. Just leap, spin, put a smile on your face. In fact, uh, you might even want to do it when you go to work tomorrow and keep everybody there guessing and make them ask you, what is that all about? You just say you should have been in church yesterday. Okay. So the Lord preserveth the faithful, takes care of them, protects them. When God's people stand firm in faith, then God always honors their faith. For the rest of Daniel's life, if you read his story, for the rest of Daniel's life, he carried the testimony of God's goodness and God's favor. God's goodness and God's favor. God turned things around for Daniel. And he's still capable of doing that for you. Amen. You won't always be under pressure. In fact, I'll say it again. God's working behind the scenes even if you're, even as you're sitting here listening. And some of you are going to find. You know, it's amazing to me that sometimes, like I said, I've been in services just like you. And by the time I got out of the service, that situation had changed. I'd call back home and it's changed. Don't ever give up on God. Amen. Don't ever give up on God. The apostle Paul made this statement while in prison facing death, Philippians 1:19, from the message translation, I'm going to keep the celebration going because I know how this is going to turn out. I'm going to keep the celebration going. The celebration you began this morning during the praise and worship service, and the moments we've stopped during the message and and praise God, keep that celebration going. Don't let it end when you walk out the door. Amen? Keep the celebration going. Why? Because Paul said, I know how this is going to turn out. Verse 20 from the message translation, it says, everything God wants to do in and through me will be done, and I can hardly wait to continue my course. Amen. So what is he saying? I know how this is going to turn out. That's the reason I'm going to keep praising him. Not only that, I know that I'm not done yet. I know I haven't finished my course yet. So I'm going to keep the celebration going and I'm going to finish the job that God has given me and I'm going to do so with joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them it's not over. Not for you and not for me. God is about to turn your adversity. God's about to turn my adversity into victory. 
and I believe I'll give him a shout about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, don't forget back in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 27, the last part of that verse says, he worketh signs and wonders. He worketh signs and wonders. That's, that's God's promise and pledge to us that if necessary to produce your breakthrough, I will provide signs and wonders. So I said, what's a wonder? Anything that makes you say, I wonder how God did that. <laughs> Amen. He worketh signs and wonders. Psalm 77 verse 14 says, thou art the God that doest wonders. The message translation says, you're the God who makes things happen. That's the God we serve. He's the God that makes things happen. And if it, if it requires signs and wonders, then you have this promise from God. He will do it if that's what it takes. Praise God. So once again, don't ever give up on God. It is the characteristic of the God we serve to do what men say can't be done. He's the God who does, if necessary, special intervention in behalf of those that love him. One of the meanings of the word intervention I discovered from the Latin is to interrupt. Hallelujah. Now, I've finished my uh, introduction. I'm going to talk to you about divine interruptions. <laughs> intervention. Have you ever had God intervene in your behalf? Well, one of the root words for intervention is to interrupt, to interrupt. God can and God will interrupt the adversary's plans when he is attempting to overthrow and to destroy you. Now, go with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. The Apostle Paul tells us in his writings that everything that was written, all these stories in the Bible were written for our benefit. So when you read them, they are designed by God to, to give you hope and to produce faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So these stories are important. Don't just read them and say, oh, isn't that, isn't that nice? God did this for the children of Israel. No, Paul says they were written for our benefit. God had us in mind. Amen. And, and it, is, it is proof that God is still the God of the impossible. If he did impossible things for them, he can do impossible things for us. Now, isn't it amazing when people are facing impossible situations, for some Christians, the last thing they do is go to the Word. Now, that's where you need to go. That's your source of hope, your source of strength, your source of faith. When, when you're facing something impossible, don't, don't go talk to people that tried it and it failed. That's not who I run to. My, my closest friends are not quitters. Amen. My closest friends are people who stay 
with God and his word and have the evidence to prove that it works. Hallelujah. Have the testimonies. You know, every time I get a call from Brother Copeland about a breakthrough in his ministry, I rejoice with him. I praise God with him. In fact, we were talking about some things just a few days ago when I was with him in uh, uh, one of his victory campaigns. And uh, you guys were there. And, and, and we were talking about some things. And he, he's talking about a, a, a recent breakthrough. George Pearsons was telling me about a recent breakthrough at the church. I rejoice with him. And then the next thing comes out of my mouth is, I must be next. I must be next. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jealous that they had a breakthrough and I'm still waiting on mine. I rejoice with them. Amen. Because I've learned that if I follow those who through faith and patience, I will inherit the promises just like they inherited the promises. Amen. So be careful about who you run around with, particularly when you need a breakthrough. When you're needing healing in your body, the last thing you need to do is run around with people who said, well, I've, I tried to believe God and it didn't work. My mic keeps going off. I don't get much response. No, don't run around with people like that. Run around with people who said, you know, the doctor told me it was impossible for me to recover, but God. See, that's faith inspiring. That, that's encouraging. Amen. I'm a testimony. I'm a living testimony. If it was not for God, I'd be laying in a bed somewhere with all the symptoms of a major stroke, never to preach again, never to be normal again. Well, the normal part's questionable, but I'm preaching, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't want to be normal again, you know, in the world's mind, the way the world looks at normal. But look at me now. But God. Hallelujah. Do I look like somebody who never preach again, never travel again, never be able to take care of myself, Carolyn have to take care of me for the rest of my life? That'll be the day. <laughs> look what God did. Yes. Amen. In fact, I know somebody that if I mention their name, uh, that gave me a call just in the last few days. And it had spirit, in fact, the wife called me and said, my husband wants me to call you because he's had a major stroke and he knows that you were healed and God gave you a miracle and he wants you to pray for him. See, my testimony was inspiring to somebody else. Amen. Now, I think it's interesting that they didn't call somebody who never recovered. They called somebody in whom God brought a miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's important when you're going through hard times, who you fellowship with. Are you still here? So God is the God who still does miracles. Now in Exodus chapter 14, 
I'm sharing this story with you because of what the Apostle Paul said. These stories are written for our benefit. Okay? Exodus 14. And let's, well, to save some time, it actually would begin in the first part of that chapter. But let's just drop down to verse 13. You know the story. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now, you know the story. God is delivering them out of the, out of the hand of the Egyptians. And now they're headed toward the promised land, but before they get there, they've got a Red Sea that is preventing them from getting to the promised land. Not only that, but when Pharaoh realizes what's been done, then he rallies all of his armies and he begins to pursue them as they are marching out of Egypt. So notice here, Moses said, don't fear the Lord shall fight for you, hold your peace. Verse 15 said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now notice how God tells them to do something that in the natural is impossible. Usually, major breakthroughs require us doing something impossible. I hope you took that note. Usually a major breakthrough requires you to do something that in the natural is impossible. So notice what it says. Tell them, go forward. Now I've said this in times past and you probably remember it. These people do not know that God can split a Red Sea. They've never seen him do that before. They can't turn to Exodus like we can and say, oh, look here. God splits seas. Oh, no problem. Let's go forward. No, they can't read Exodus. They're doing Exodus. Amen. They don't know that he can do this. But God tells Moses, tell the people, go forward. Okay, go forward. Now, I'm going to read a few of those uh, other verses. Just skip around for the sake of time. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. In the morning watch, the Lord troubled the host of the Egyptians. Now listen to this. This is what you call divine interruption. What's this? In the morning, the Lord troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels <laughs> that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them. Amen. 
Notice a divine interruption. Pharaoh's army is pursuing them. God's people reach the other side. They look back and they see Pharaoh's armies coming through the Red Sea just like they did. But then God causes a divine interruption. Have you ever driven a chariot where the wheels fell off? Huh? And I think, it's, I, think, I think it's really quite comical on God's part. And they drove heavily. I guess so. No wheels on your chariot, it's going to drive heavily. But what did God do? A divine interruption. Right in the midst of the adversary endeavoring to continue to pursue God's people, and Pharaoh's plan was to either kill them all where they stood or to take them back into captivity. But God caused a divine interruption. And I heard the Spirit of God say just as plain to me this morning, tell the people, divine interruptions are taking place right now. What should you do when life gets hard? How should you respond to setbacks, failures, and times of trouble? Today's special offer, the God Will Rescue You special package contains Jerry Savelle's three-part audio series, In Hard Times, God Will Rescue You. His best-selling book, The God of the Breakthrough Will Visit Your House, and the eye-opening book, The Nature of Faith. Discover how supernatural intervention is on the way. Obstacles preventing your breakthrough are about to be removed. In this package, Jerry teaches how to respond to adversity, how faith can grow or decrease, how to get out of survival mode, and how to receive your breakthrough. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the God Will Rescue You special package. Be inspired to see God take unfavorable circumstances and turn them around for your benefit. Let Jerry strengthen your faith and understanding of God's breakthrough power. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I trust that the program has been such an inspiration to your faith, and I believe that you are now in position to experience a major breakthrough from God. Don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on His Word. God always comes through when we dare to trust Him, dare to take Him at His Word, and I'm telling you, God is going to rescue you in your troubled time. So just stay in faith. Don't give up, refuse to back down, and just expect God to do the miraculous. Amen. Before we leave the air, let me remind you once again of our special resource package, three CDs on the message that we've been talking about. In hard times, God will rescue you. This is God's promise to every one of us. God is not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you down. God is going to come through for you. And then right along with it, a book that I wrote some time back, The God of the Breakthrough Will Visit Your House. This is a powerful book. It has gone around the world. We still get testimonies from people talking about how that this book has positioned them to experience major breakthroughs in their life. It's part of the package. And then also we wanted to include a book that I wrote a number of years ago entitled The Nature of Faith teaching you how that your faith can be developed, how that it can grow, and how that it can put you in position to experience what once seemed impossible is now 
possible. So this is a special resource package we have available for you this week. Go online, jerrysavelle.org. Place your order today while it's fresh on your mind. We'll get it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. Join us again next time. And remember this, your faith will overcome the world.